Tuesday morning to you, Oregon. I'm Finn J.D. John, FJ at OffbeatOregon.com, and this is the Daily Offbeat Oregon Podcast. Since it is Tuesday, this is an archive show, first published as a newspaper column and podcast episode several years ago. Thanks for downloading, and I sure hope you enjoy it. This story was first published on January 24th of 2016 under the headline for Milwaukee gas station owner bomber trip was wild adventure. Here we go. Art Lacey was in serious trouble. It was the summer of 1947 and he was about 50 feet above an Oklahoma airfield and he was at the controls of the biggest airplane he'd ever flown in his life a four-engined B-17G Flying Fortress, one of hundreds of the heavy bombers that the government was selling as surplus after the Second World War. This one was his. He had just bought it for 13 grand. But now the landing gear was stuck in the retracted position and it looked like he was about to crash it. This wouldn't have been as big a deal if it weren't for his co-pilot. Art, not wanting to bother with getting someone to tag along with him, had brought a dressmaker's mannequin borrowed from a friend, dressed it in flight gear, and propped it up in the seat to fool the airfield manager into thinking there were two guys in the cockpit. After crashing the plane and fessing up to this bit of deception, Art knew he would be in a less-than-optimal bargaining position vis-à-vis the defect in the plane he'd bought. Still, this was all in the future— For now, the number one goal was to not die in a giant fireball following a botched attempt at a gear-up landing. He lined the plane up as best he could with the runway and prepared to do his best. Art's whole crazy scheme had its genesis when he first learned about the surplus B-17s. They were super cheap, selling for not much above their scrap value because there just weren't very many practical civilian uses for an obsolete heavy bomber. Art, already a successful Milwaukee businessman, had started stewing over how he might take advantage of the low prices on the big warbirds. The more he thought about it, the cooler he thought it would look to have one of the big things perched above the gas pumps at his gas station on McLaughlin Boulevard. The wings could serve as a roof over the pumps, and there would be room for a lot of them. And best of all, it wouldn't cost that much more than a stick-built structure of similar size. According to Art's daughter, Punky Scott, in an interview with KATU-TV Channel 2 News, the scheme he developed remained just a scheme until someone put money on the line. At his birthday party, he shared his vision of a bomber gas station with a friend who laughingly told him he was dreaming. Art promptly put up a $5 bet, which was just as promptly accepted, and just like that, the whole crazy dream was turned into a serious plan. Art immediately turned to a friend, who Punky suggested was well-connected with the dark side of Portland business. Untaxed liquor, gambling, pinball machines, that sort of thing. Got any money on you? he asked. I need fifteen grand. Quote, and the guy had it on him, Punky said in her interview. I don't know how that translates into today's money, but it's got to be a lot. It is. $15,000 in 1947 is the equivalent of 160000 today, a pretty impressive wad for walking around money. Loaded down with this borrowed loot, Art made the journey to Oklahoma to buy his B-17. He had 13000 for the plane and $2,000 for fuel and miscellaneous expenses on the way back. 
trouble started immediately upon arrival. After selling him the plane, the manager told him to bring his co-pilot the following day and he'd have the bird gassed up and ready. But Art hadn't realized he'd need a co-pilot, so he hadn't brought one. He also hadn't given much thought to the fact that he'd never flown a four-engine bomber in his life. He was a skilled private pilot of single-engine planes, but this was very different. Still, Art was determined to have his plane. So he returned the next day with the borrowed mannequin, strapped it into the co-pilot's seat, breezed into the manager's office, and walked out ready to fly home. Hoping to familiarize himself with the big aircraft a bit before he started flying it for real, he started out with a few passes, touch-and-goes, gentle turns, with the yoke in one hand and the flight manual in the other. And it was going pretty well, he thought, but then he realized the landing gear was stuck. He flew the plane around for a while, trying to figure out how to get it unstuck. If his co-pilot hadn't been a dummy, he could have sent it down to try to pry something loose or bang on things, but that wasn't an option, and he certainly wasn't comfortable leaving the controls to do it himself. Finally, he realized that he'd just have to bring the plane in on its belly and hope for the best. So down came Art Lacey and his new doomed warbird, landing in a shower of sparks with a screech of tearing metal. Although the cat was now out of the bag, the manager felt bad about the broken landing gear and probably a little relieved, too, since his customer wasn't dead. Quote, He turned to his secretary and said, Have you written up the bill of sale yet on that B-17? Punky recounted. And she said no, and he said, Worst case of wind damage I've ever seen. And so he sold him a second B-17. The second plane set Art back just $1,500, a special deal that the manager made him, knowing that he'd spent all his money on the first one. Of course, faking the co-pilot was no longer going to work, so Art called his wife long distance and asked her to send two of his friends down with a case of whiskey. The booze was to be used to bribe the local fire department to pump the fuel out of the old B-17 and into the new one using their fire truck, and it was a powerful enticement. Oklahoma was still a dry state at the time. Everything worked as planned, although Art had to kite a check in Palm Springs to refuel the big plane. Luckily, he made it home in time to cover his paper before it could bounce. But when he got home, Art found that his troubles had just begun. Well, they hadn't just begun, but they hadn't ended either. The city of Portland wouldn't issue permits to bring the plane in from the airport. It was just too big, even after the wings were dismantled. But Art was in so deep now, there was no turning back. He scheduled the move for the dark of night, well after the bars had all closed. He hired two teenagers with hot cars to accompany the motorcade with instructions to floor it and race off recklessly into the night if police should appear, the idea being to draw the cops away from the plane. The truck drivers were instructed that under no circumstances were they to stop before they arrived at the gas station, no matter who ordered them to do so and he promised to pay any tickets anyone was written by any cop for his or her part in the move. The move's only mishap was a drunk driver who, seeing an airplane bearing down on him, thought he'd accidentally driven out onto an airfield and panicked and skidded into the ditch. City officials were, of course, furious, but their initial attempts to punish Art resulted in some very unflattering newspaper coverage, so they finally gave it up, fined him $10, declared victory, and went home. Art was able to pay half his fine with the $5 collected from his friend. He promptly had his airplane mounted above the gas pumps and renamed the place The Bomber. And there it sat for the next 63 years, bringing in hundreds of thousands of curious gawkers and customers alike. 
Over the years, the Lacey's added a restaurant and a small hotel. In the early 1990s, they closed the gas pumps, and the big B-17 started to look increasingly forlorn up there, exposed to the weather and the occasional predations of vandals. Then in 1996, the family decided to do something about it, and the B-17 Alliance was born, dedicated to restoring the Lacey Lady, as they've dubbed the bomber. Currently, the bomber is in the B-17 Alliance Museum and Restoration, located at McNary Field in Salem, 3278 25th Street Southeast. The museum is open Fridays through Sundays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., this multi-million dollar restoration still has a ways to go before it's successfully completed, and the Alliance is working to raise the necessary funds to get it done. When it is, the Lacey Lady will be one of just seven B-17s remaining in flyable condition. Full details of their project are at www.b17alliancegroup.com. Key sources in this story have included works by b17alliancegroup.com, Michael Bamesberger, and Ellen Spitaleri. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is part of Offbeat Oregon History, a public history resource for the state we love. More info is at our hub page at offbeatoregon.com. Offbeat Oregon is a division of Pulp Lit Productions, a boutique publishing house about which more can be learned at pulp-lit.com. Speaking of which, if you enjoy listening to me... You might check out some of my audiobooks. You can find them most easily with a search for my name on audible.com. Most of them are old pulp stuff, H.P. Lovecraft, Edgar Rice Burroughs, etc., but at least two of them are offbeat Oregon history type stuff. Check them out if you're so inclined. This podcast is covered under a Creative Commons license. For details, see offbeatoregon.com cc. Our theme music is by the Atlas String Band and was written by Carmen Ficara. Listen and download more at atlasstringband.com. Questions, critiques, ideas for a future episode? Email me at fj at offbeatorgan.com. Episodes of Offbeat Oregon History are uploaded around 6 a.m. every weekday, so the next one will be on your device and ready to go before you know it. Until then, go out and fill up the rest of the day with good stuff. Bye now. Bye now.